Welcome to Meaningful Meditation for Life, hosted by Dr. Erhard Vogel, who has taught among the Himalayan sages for the past 50 years and is recognized around the world as a master teacher of self-realization. On this podcast, we invite you to discover his teachings, guided meditations, and classes. You'll return over and over to your favorite episodes in the archive and continue to grow with each new episode. This is the Fundamental Meditation Series. You'll learn meditation and self-realization from a master teacher. You'll learn the importance of knowing who you really are and experiencing a life true to yourself. This podcast series reflects just a portion of the eight-week program with Dr. Vogel. For the optimal experience, please start with week one and follow along for all eight weeks. Each week will begin with a class and be followed by a meditation. So uh, it's my pleasure to introduce Eric tonight. Before I do, please on One thing that struck me about uh, last Monday's class was when Eric was talking about um, you know, his experience over the years and how people tend to, like, the students tend to uh, overcomplicate things. And as a personal example, you know, it took me a couple of years to understand just what being meant. And you would think after a couple of weeks, uh, I would consult the dictionary about, you know, I had some confusion in that word. And that's something that I appreciate about Erhard is, you know, his choice of words and emphasis on understanding is the basic meaning. You know, if you'll even say consult the dictionary about things. And, um, you know, even though the meaning of being is simple, that doesn't mean it's shallow. You know, it's like, it's so deep that every, every Monday we come here together to celebrate that fundamental aspect. Um, so please uh, join me in that celebration tonight and help me welcoming Erhard. Let us focus. So let us continue. Good evening, everybody. So during the week, you had a sea <coughs> thought question about the ideal stance. What what did you come up with? What's your ideal stance? Anyone? Balanced, uh, balanced, congruent within all of my faculties and self, calm, 
conscious. Oh. Good. Okay. Congruent with what? Each part congruent with the others. Okay. What if they are all incongruent with you? They can be congruent with themselves and be <laughs> incongruent with you. Well, that would be a bad thing, wouldn't it? <laughs> sure would. Ask a lot of people, right? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you could. I was including it. myself in <laughs> Well, I would, if I were you, I would have said, well, but I said conscious. And, uh, and when you're conscious, everything is congruent with what is, right? Very good answer. Okay. So, um, do you understand why we practice the yoga postures? What do you think? Why do we practice the yoga postures? Yes? It's a way to mm -hmm. help Janine. Mm -hmm. um, it, it is a way to allow your body to experience, it's another way to allow, have your body allow itself to experience being on another level. It can relax you and it can help to bring in alignment all of the other faculties and focus on your being. It's, it's a way to help to bring them all into you. So it's a way of bringing everything to be balanced. balanced and congruent with yourself and with each other, right? and to thus be in a state of uh, non-interference and non-constriction that allows for the fluid experience, fluid experience of the energy that we essentially are, and that the wholeness of which we're integral to. Does that make sense to you? Mm -hmm. The wholeness of energy which is everything you know, interconnected, that is. And that also, of course, allows for a, a real relationship with self. Yes? I was going to say, when I do it in group, I mean, oh, Linda? This is a consciousness exercise, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Linda? Uh-huh. I said, when I do it in group, it, I experience the the whole group energy together, and, and it makes my experience much greater. Wonderful. I'm glad that you said that, because I, I have experienced this always. Even when I was first starting out and had a really tough time and was very stiff and awkward and so on, I, when I went to a class, I felt I could do so much better than when I, when I, went, when I tried by myself. And I would really invite all of you to, to um, benefit from doing the postures with each other in interconnectedness. That's, that's why you gather here on Monday night before the meditation class to do your postures together, to be in consciousness, effortless balance, in the joy of being shared in community. Does this make sense to you? Yes. yes? Okay. And I know sometimes people think, oh, well, the yoga is really not the important thing. The meditation is. 
well, meditation is just as unimportant as yoga. <laughs> because what I, what's really important is to be in the experience of the reality of being, right? Of course, we call that meditation, right? But meditation? No. Okay. So, today uh, we're focusing on this state of being effortlessly balanced and to in, in fact the foundation of that for our focus today is on the physiological aspect of being effortlessly balanced uh, why would I uh, give that much uh, attention to the physiological aspect of being effortlessly balanced Yes. Well, this is Dan. Uh, I think one reason would be that you know being exists on all levels, so it's like the more grosser level, like the physical aspect. Mm -hmm. So it's not to be like you say in the medical field. It's not something we should deny that that level. Okay. That so it's not to be denied. It's not to be taken for granted either. Uh, and it's it's also to be appreciated for its influence upon the other fa faculties. The physiological influence upon our neurological state, our mental state, our psychological state, and so on, is immediate and deeply pervasive. And we, we okay, we are a very physically oriented society, right? Well, people will go jogging and they want to have a nice body and all this kind of stuff, and and because of that orientation, we sometimes take it for granted because in, we, we focus more on the orientation than the actual experience. Do, can you, do you follow what I'm saying here? We focus more on the, oh yeah, I'm taking good care of my body, I exercise and so on and so on. And while we're doing it, we're not really taking care of the body. We're, we're fantasizing again, as we do, do with so many things. And we convince ourselves that we're really doing good things for our body while we're, we may not be at all. And I'm not saying all ex I'm not saying don't exercise and so on, but be focused in your exercise of a relationship with the physio that you are having at that time with the physiological realm as it is integral to the wholeness of the being that you are. Does that make sense? That a lot of people don't do. So, if you are in a stance, how often do I, almost every meditation I, I start out with, sit, up, sit in an upright position, right? Okay, sit now in a very hunched up position. Sort of collapsed. What does that do to your, your mental state, your emotional state? Your spiritual state. What does it do? It brings it down. It suppresses it. Brings it down. Yeah. It just so it takes all of the energy out of it, right? How often have I said, "Don't go moping through your day throughout the week. Don't go moping around." Same reason, right? If you if you stand up and sit up and 
be upright and be meant uh, be physically alert you'll be that way mentally and emotionally as well you see if your attitude is this is just my body which is uh, just a material thing or a lot of how a lot of people think of it as a dirty thing with a Calvinistic attitudes, and you say, oh, I'm not a Calvinist, so I don't have that attitude. I say to you, you, you grew up in the society, so you grew up with some of that attitude, even though you're, you may be intellectually against it. Right? So, um, this physiological attitude, the stance of being balanced, relaxed, fluid energy, unhindered energy, is also one that allows for well-being, physiological well-being. It allows for health. Because if, if you have your body in a, your physiological aspect in a, a stance of disharmony or in a stance of collapse, in a stance of tension, reflecting that isolation. Remember I've talked to you about isolation tension? That comes from the mental attitude that I am an isolated object and I have to protect myself against the overwhelming forces of this all interconnected grand cosmos. If that's your attitude, you're normal. <laughs> right? <laughs> However, you will also be suffering due to that emotionally, intellectually, but also physiologically. It is well known that the mental state, like the state of perpetual tension, is translated into the state of your blood vessels. They constrict with the tension. The blood vessels uh, and the neurological channels are also affected. The neurological channels are very delicately balanced. When every thought that we're having together right now has an immediate flow of positive and negative ch charges go along the neurological channels throughout you to, to create a reaction within the physiological structure. It's amazing. When, there, when there's a signal from the brain to your hand to move, that's due to this very quick flow of energy charges along the, what is called the myelin sheath of your nerve, nervous system to get the signal across for the, for, the, for the hand to move and everything else to move. Yeah. or to function the way it does. So you don't think that is, that, that is hindered by an attitude of holding everything back and constricting everything? Of course it is. It's just that you know, our, our whole systems are highly um, I can't think of the word right now, highly um, Accommodating, 
accommodating. And there, there's a lot of redundancy that, that allows for things to go on for our survival even when we're working against it. You know? But, you know, uh, if you stay in a, an attitude, a negative attitude, that redundancy gets worn out. And the energy state, like some of you think that you can get along with that, eventually you're going to improve it, right? Is our, is our general attitude, eventually I'm going to make the change that needs to be made, right? And how long have we been saying that? Maybe since we were seven years old, or five, if we were conscious then, right? And we think, oh, well, eventually I can, I can make it. The longer you wait, the less likely will it be, plus the fact that you're wearing out. You're wearing everything out. <coughs> because everything has to go against that, the tension of attachment to falsity. Do you think you have an attachment to falsity? Yeah. If you're normal, you do. <laughs> and we all pride ourselves in being normal, don't we? Don't we want to blend into the, the miasma of normalcy? You can Google it. Right? Yeah. Find, but find the miasma of normalcy, and then you've got something. <laughs> Yes, Richard. isolation tension. But the complication in my answer comes about with, then you say, how do I let go of complication, of, of isolation tension, while I keep on thinking of myself as an isolated object. You, you won't, let, won't do that. So you have to learn about who you really are. And then that's still not enough, because you have to do something according to who you really are, not according to what you're habituated to since you were a little toddler. Do you understand? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, as long as you don't have the, the self-empowered uh, attitude of a responsible adult, who lives according to what they know is true, in spite of conditioning all life long to the, in the opposite, so unless you have that sense of responsibility, ability to respond to yourself as an adult empowered being, 
nothing's going to take place. Oh yes, something will take place. Much more suffering. Continued suffering. And which will be piled on with shame. Because, you know, within ourselves lives reality, lives the truth. Because we are that. It's just that if our mind and feelings and emotions have been habituated to function in the denial of that truth or in the opposition of reality, and we don't do anything about it because we see ourselves as infantile little victims of those forces, then we're going to suffer as if we've never grown up at all and never learned anything at all. And when, So when I'm talking about being a responsible adult, because I, I say adult because in childhood we don't really have all that much say, do we? <coughs> Actually, that's not true. Do you know children who, who stand down their foot and are, are <laughs> demanding to be self-empowered? Mm -hmm. I know two of them. Yeah. <laughs> you see? And they may be more responsible and more what we call adults than 98% of adults. The optimist talking again. So, but if we, you know, so we're talking about being in a state of balance and clarity and consciousness and adopting, purposefully adopting an internal state of equanimity, calmness, luminosity, like the light's been turned on inside. Right? We're not just kind of uh, going through life in a fog or in a murk or semi-cognitive state. Right? So, we align everything with that state of being open to reality, open to the being that we are, with balance, with clarity, with continuity, and have that filter through the whole body, through the nervous system, through the cellular system, through the stomach where you often hold a lot of isolation tension, through your throat, through your groin, through everything physically, as well as mentally. Stop being so tight, so tensed up, or as that part of our colloquial uh, language is uptight. That's a very good term. It's very descriptive. You know, stop being mentally and emotionally so uptight, because it's killing. It kills people. And to let, let it flow, that doesn't mean being out of control. No, as a matter of fact, when are you in more control? When you're flowing with the forces that are, that are, or when you're standing in opposition to all of the forces of the cosmos? When are you more in control? In that opposition, of course, right? That's why we do it. What do you think? Do you notice any part in you that is frightened by what I'm talking about? 
No? You don't notice those spots? Okay. Um, Yes. Brian, the only thing that I get frightened about, you were talking about wearing, wearing your physical body out. I, I, uh, I'm driven to exercise a lot, like four or five times a week. So I try to find a balance between wearing it out and not wearing it out. But I'm driven to, to, to exercise. So. Well, no, I think exercise <clears throat> does not wear the body out. Yeah. I, I think even if you exercise twice a day, seven days a week, that doesn't wear the body out. It is that tension that functions in opposition to the benefit that you're trying to accumulate. It's that tension. Yeah. And, I mean, let's say uh, an Olympic athlete, they, the, the powerful practices that do, they, they do have a certain amount of tension inherent to, let's say, pushing 300 pounds, a certain amount of tension is in there. But that's not the same tension as trying to push up 300 pounds while going like this, pulling back down. It's an opposition <coughs> tension. Yeah. And have, have you noticed, like, in the Olympics, uh, I, I, I saw a few minutes of the women's hockey team. And they look... Their faces, they're so shiny and so bright and so beautiful because they're all in good shape. There was, I, I just happened to hear that one of the women who, who like looks in fabulous shape, she, she went from 145 pounds up to 180 purposefully, mm -hmm. but it's all muscle and she looks fantastic. And she's trying to get five pounds more of muscle, not of, <laughs> not of weight, you know. And they are wonderfully flexible and very fluid as they play. And they're, I don't watch hockey, but the little bit every time I see it, I cringe because I don't like violence. Mm -hmm. But the, the women, they skate very, very hard and very, but they, they don't, it's not violence. It's just really powerful fluidity at play, you know. So it can be in our lives. Now, I'm not saying you all should become hockey players. Some of you don't have a chance. <laughs> Maybe none of us have a chance, right? <laughs> but uh, be, be in, in harmony and in agreement with your physical aspect as opposed to trying to punish it or disregard it or, you know, mistreat it, okay? And the physical is just an analog for all of the other faculties, you know? But if you mistreat the physical faculty, the others will suffer along with it. And we, we have a tendency to be really the word is dumb, I think. We have a tendency to be dumb, to think that we can mistreat ourselves, let's say emotionally, or psychologically, or spiritually, and then think, but we want to be healthy. <laughs> I want to be good to myself by mistreating myself. It's not a good formula. It never works. Yeah? Yes? This is Fran. Um, 
I wanted to say that uh, when I exercise or if I go to a gym where they have machines, I will avoid the ones that have a TV. Because if your mind, I, I found that, that I, I don't, it doesn't feel as effective if my mind is engaged in something else uh -huh. while I'm exercising. So I favor the ones like the rowing machines where um, your mind, your body and your mind are, are working together rather than your mind focusing on some game show or talk show or mm -hmm. news or whatever. And I think those world-class athletes, they uh, are training their mind just as much as they are training their bodies. Oh, actually, they, they all um, know that they have to train the mind even more than even the body. More. The body is more predictable, it seems, right? And that's more... We, because it's all physical. Yeah, well, we can take, we can take hold of it and, right. and, and we can feel what it's doing and so on. Whereas mentally, uh, we don't seem to be as predictable, uh, as tangible. We can't get hold of it so easily. So we have to and work on the mental aspect. You fool yourself, I think. You can't... Your body, when you, you do so much with your body, that's... You can see it, you can mm -hmm. hear it, you can touch mm -hmm. it, but when it's your mind and you're not focused and you're not there, uh, you may not be recognizing that. That's part of the nature of being unconscious, is that yeah. you're not conscious of it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you fool yourself. Yes. Linda, I was going to say that the main way I have in the past not cared for my body is in eating and the food that we take into our body. Um, and in the past weeks, with more consciousness, I've significantly changed my eating habits um, and can feel the healthy effect of letting go of many of those things that were really very destructive. Yes. Very counterproductive yes. to me, but yet had this irrational <laughs> attachment mm. to putting this stuff in my mouth. Yeah, and even having a hunger for it, which is a, a perversion of the physiological si signal to nurture you, right? right? When you put something in that actually works against the body. I love that term, comfort food. <laughs> and just uh, just call it discomfort food. Process. Yeah, but even good food, if you yeah. consume too much of it, so. it works against you. Okay. So you want to stand up and stretch, and then we'll do our meditation. There are many people who sit for meditation, but have their mind doing it, explaining meditation, talking about it. That means a mental process is going on, which is not meditation. Meditation is not a mental doing, but an all-inclusive experience of the real being you are. When you meditate, every part of you, mind, feelings, emotions, intellect, and intuition, even your body, has its energy focused in your center and harmony. Your faculties are in balance within themselves and with each other. 
and in that union they participate in the experience of the being you are. Be fully focused to have a deep and meaningful experience of yourself. For your greatest benefit, please be in a quiet space, sit up straight with your feet flat on the floor, your spine comfortably aligned and erect, and simply follow Dr. Vogel's guidance. Please inhale deeply and exhale and let go of all extraneous involvement. Cause your breathing to flow evenly and easily now and with a subtle application of your will bring about a state of deep relaxation. First your body. Tell your body to relax. And feel the relaxation flowing through your entire body. So begin with the head, send a message to relax, relax head. And it's like internally you open up and you let go. Let go of the constriction and feel the relaxation flowing from the top of your head through the scalp, letting go of tension. Let, let that energy flow through the bones of your skull and through the forehead and temples and brow. Just let go now, open up. Eyes relax deeply within their own core and within their sockets. All your facial muscles release now, smooth out. Mouth and tongue and jaw relax. Just let go. Have your whole head feel free and balanced with relaxation. Relax your neck, all the muscles and little bones, all the ligaments. Relax now. Feel relaxation flowing through your neck and down into your shoulders. Relieve your neck and shoulders of all tension. Then Send relaxation washing down through your back, through your rib cage, into the small of your back, into your pelvic area, into your seat. Your entire back relax now. Every muscle and nerve and bone, every cell of your back, just let go and feel the energy rise through the back, up through the skull, uplifting your body. Relax. Feel vibrant with relaxation. Feel their sense of upliftment. Relax. Relax your throat. And your chest relax. Let it be open and free. Relax your abdomen and loins. Relax now. 
Now relax your arms, just let them hang from the shoulders, down through the hands, through the tips of your fingers, relax. Relax your legs, all the way through your feet. Feel the relaxation vibrating through your entire body, inside and out, including every organ, every system, every cell. Let all the atoms composing your body move freely. No impediments, no hindrances, no tension. Relax. Relax. Your breath flows evenly and easily. And that's a reminder to gather all your forces now in your center. Led by your mind, you let your mind rest in your center and just be at home here and relax too. And along with the mind come the other faculties, your feelings. Let them rest in your center and be have them reflect the security and the deep comfort and even the sensual pleasure of being all interconnected, all in harmony, all in total security. And let your emotions rest in your center, reflecting the evenness of tranquility. Relax. All of your energies together in your center, resting there in an effortless balance. The energies of your body and your senses in your center, in effortless balance. Your feelings and emotions present here in your center, tranquil and calm, balanced. Your mind, now loyal and accepting of the reality of you, the real self, who is limitless power of being. This mind rests calmly in your center. Your intellect and in, in Intuition simply at rest. Reflecting the light of being. So everything about you now present in your center. Harmoniously combined. And in effortless balance, deeply satisfied, 
while devotion of all your facets is dedicated to the being that you are. Everything about you devoted to the being that you are. Nurture that state and are nurtured by that state. In this state, you experience the fullness and the deep joy of limitless consciousness. Being fully present, fully aware, free of constriction and limitation. You actually have to let go of the habit of constriction and self-limitation. Don't keep holding on to it. Let it go. You let this go to have all. Do not remain attached to those facets that limit and hinder you. Let go. Instead, connect yourself loyally with that which is true about you. And therein lies your joy and your fullness, your health, your wholeness. And rid yourself of the attitude that you'll be focused and present and whole once such and such takes place. It's all attachment and fantasy. No longer attach yourself to particles at the expense of the wholeness. So internally, let go of your attachments. Just let go. Let go of attachment to attitudes such as, I fear, I need, I want. Just focus on the experience of the beauty and power of limitless being that you are. Relax. And be open 
into the reality of self that you are. In your center with every breath, cause your mind and everything else about you to keep relating to the real you, to the essential power of being that is your real identity. This power is infinite. It is all pervasive and eternal. Keep relating to you as the power of being infinite, all pervasive, eternal. Remain in that experience, cultivate that experience, and let go of all hindrance, all attachment, all limitation. Breath continues to nurture you deeply and steadily. With every breath you stimulate the experience of expansiveness throughout all aspects of you and limitlessness. Every time you Exhale, everything about you is focused in the experience of being fully gathered in your center. Let everything about you remain centered that is harmoniously combined and present in your center, reflecting the awareness of being that you are. You simply sit back, confident and poised with all your faculties in your center in effortless balance. Even your body participates in this self-experience. The body is but an instrument of self. So now in your center, see an image of your body sitting there beautifully balanced and poised in effortlessness. 
feeling free and dynamic. Feel your body uplifted by a pure stream of unhindered energy which comes forth from your center of deep relaxation. Body free, relaxed, and empowered. <coughs> you experience the energy that composes your body as an uplifting current. This isn't just physical. It's a fluid and continuous stream of energy, integral to the entire ocean of energy. You're never separate. The atoms that compose your body are atoms that have composed the bodies of great sages, luminous beings who lived fully and freely in the experience of themselves as limitless, all-pervasive, eternal power of being. And that energy of such positive experiences is contained in the atoms that compose your body as well as the energy systems that compose the rest of your faculties. So feel and experience the power of being that is the self and feel that energy to be continuous with the power of being that is the entire universe and the entire cosmos is but one power of being that you are. So feel and experience the continuity of the energy of being that you are. So with all your faculties in effortless balance, experience the limitless interconnectedness of the energy of being that you are. There are no borders, no divisions, no limitations. Feel the limitlessness of being that you are. Vibrant, feel it. Luminous, feel that. 
harmonious and all-pervasive. Feel all that while deep in the state of effortless balance. Everything about you is made up of energy. Energy of being is continuous, indivisible and indestructible. That is just the fact. Essentially you are energy. power of being that experiences itself. So experience yourself as that, continuous, indivisible, indestructible. Vibrant consciousness. luminous awareness of being. Although the ocean expresses itself with innumerable waves of change, the ocean itself remains unchanged. One continuous ocean of energy. That is the cosmos. That is the reality of all that is. You are that. Experience yourself as that. Alive, effortlessly balanced, in full vitality, released, relaxed, in self-experience. Aware of being aware. in full knowledge of the being that you are. And therefore, in deep contentment, bliss.